a playbook for AI risk reduction, focused on misaligned AI. By Holden Karnofsky. I sometimes hear people asking, what is the plan for avoiding a catastrophe from misaligned AI? This post gives my working answer to that question, sort of. Rather than a plan, I tend to think of a playbook. There's a footnote here. After drafting this post, I was told that others had been making this same distinction and using this same term in private documents. I make no claim to having come up with it myself. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. Here's a list of bullet points. A plan connotes something like, by default, we approximately, definitely fail. To succeed, we need to hit multiple non-default goals. If you want to start a company, you need a plan, doing nothing will definitely not result in starting a company, and there are multiple identifiable things you need to do to pull it off. Next point. I don't think that's the situation with AI risk. There's an indented list here. First point. As I argued before, I think we have a non-trivial chance of avoiding AI takeover even in a minimal dignity future, say, assuming essentially no growth from here in the size or influence of the communities and research fields focused specifically on existential risk from misaligned AI, and no highly surprising research or other insights from these communities slash fields either. This statement is not meant to make anyone relax. A non-trivial chance of survival is obviously not good enough. Next point. I think there are a number of things we can do that further improve the odds. My favorite interventions are such that some success with them helps a little, and a lot of success helps a lot, and they can help even if other interventions are badly neglected. I'll list and discuss these interventions below. Next point. So instead of a plan, I tend to think about a playbook, a set of plays, each of which might be useful. We can try a bunch of them and do more of what's working. I have takes on which interventions most need more attention on the margin, but think that for most people, personal fit is a reasonable way to prioritize between the interventions I'm listing. That's the end of the indented list. That's the end of that list. Below I'll briefly recap my overall picture of what success might look like, with links to other things I've written on this, then discuss four key categories of interventions, alignment research, standards and monitoring, successful but careful AI projects, and information security. For each, I'll lay out. Here's a list of bullet points. How a small improvement from the status quo could non-trivially improve our odds. How a big enough success at the intervention could put us in a very good position, even if the other three interventions are going poorly. Common concerns slash reservations about the intervention. That's the end of that list. Overall, I feel like there is a pretty solid playbook of helpful interventions, any and all of which can improve our odds of success, and that working on those interventions is about as much of a plan as we need for the time being. The content in this post isn't novel, but I don't think it's already consensus. Two of the four interventions, standards and monitoring, information security, seem to get little emphasis from existential risk reduction communities today, and one, successful but careful AI projects, is highly controversial and seems often, by this audience, assumed to be net negative. Many people think most of the above interventions are doomed, irrelevant or sure to be net harmful, and slash or that our baseline odds of avoiding a catastrophe are so low that we need something more like a plan to have any hope. I have some sense of the arguments for why this is, but in most cases not a great sense, at least, I can't see where many folks' level of confidence is coming from. A lot of my goal in posting this piece is to give such people a chance to see where I'm making steps that they disagree with, 
and to push back pointedly on my views, which could change my picture and my decisions. As with many of my posts, I don't claim personal credit for any new ground here. I'm leaning heavily on conversations with others, especially Paul Cristiano and Carl Schulman. Heading. My basic picture of what success could look like. I've written a number of nearcast-based stories of what it might look like to suffer or avoid an AI catastrophe. I've written a hypothetical, failure story, how we might stumble into AI catastrophe, two, success stories, that assume good decision-making by key actors, and an outline of how we might succeed with minimal dignity. The essence of my picture has two phases. 1. Navigate the initial alignment problem, getting to the first point of having very powerful, human-levelish, yet safe, AI systems. For human-levelish AIs, I think it's plausible that the alignment problem is easy, trivial or non-existent. It's also plausible that it's fiendishly hard. There was a footnote in that paragraph after initial alignment problem and it reads. Phase 1 in this analysis. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. 2. Navigating the deployment problem, reducing the risk that someone in the world will deploy dangerous systems even though the basic technology exists to make powerful, human-levelish, AI safe. This is often discussed through the lens of, pivotal acts, though that's not my preferred framing. There's an indented list here. A, you can think of this as containing two challenges, stopping misaligned human-levelish AI, and maintaining alignment as AI goes beyond human level. B, the basic hope, discussed here, is that, safe actors, team up to the point where they outnumber and slow-slash-stop, unsafe actors via measures like standards and monitoring, as well as alignment research, to make it easier for all actors to be effectively cautious, threat assessment research, to turn in cautious actors cautious, and more. See, if we can get aligned human-levelish AI, it could be used to help with all of these things, and a small lead for cautious actors, could turn into a big and compounding advantage. More broadly, the world will probably be transformed enormously, to the point where we should consider, approximately, all outcomes in play. End of the indented list. There was a footnote in that paragraph after the deployment problem and it reads. Phase 2 in this analysis. That's the end of the footnote. There was a footnote in that paragraph after and it reads. I think there are ways things could go well without any particular identifiable, pivotal act, see the success stories. I linked for more on this. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. That's the end of the numbered list. Heading. For key categories of interventions. Here I'll discuss the potential impact of both small and huge progress on each of four major categories of interventions. For more detail on interventions, see jobs that can help with the most important century. What AI companies can do today to help with the most important century, and how major governments can help with the most important century. Heading. Alignment research. How a small improvement from the status quo could non-trivially improve our odds. I think there are various ways we could get lucky such that aligning at least the first human-levelish AIs is relatively easy, and such that relatively small amounts of progress make the crucial difference. Here's a list of bullet points. If we can get into a regime where AIs are being trained with highly accurate reinforcement, that is, there are few, or no opportunities to perform well by deceiving, manipulating and slash or overpowering sources of supervision, then it seems like we have at least a non-trivial hope that such AIs will end up aligned, in the sense that they generalize to some rule like, do what the supervisor intends, in the ordinary, hard to formalize, sense that most humans would mean it, and wouldn't. 
seek takeover even with opportunities for it. And at least for early human levelish systems, it seems like the probability might be pretty high. Relatively modest progress on things like debate or task decomposition, amplification slash recursive reward modeling could end up making for much more accurate reinforcement. A bit more on this in a previous piece. Next point. A single really convincing demonstration of something like deceptive alignment could make a big difference to the case for standards and monitoring. Next section. Interpretability research is one potential path here, it could be very valuable to have even one hard-won observation of the form. This system initially misbehaved, behaved better as its misbehavior was trained out, appeared to become extremely well-behaved, but then was revealed by interpretability techniques to be examining each situation for opportunities to misbehave secretly, or decisively. Next point. It doesn't seem like anyone has gotten very far with adversarial training yet but it seems possible that a relatively modest amount of progress could put us in a position to have something like human-levelish AI systems that just can't tell whether takeover opportunities are fake. Next point. The more existing work has been done on a given alignment agenda, the more hope I see for automating work on that agenda if slash when there are safe-to-use, human-levelish systems. This could be especially important for interpretability work, where it seems like one could make productive use of a huge number of automated researchers. That's the end of that list. How a big enough success at the intervention could put us in a very good position, even if the other three interventions are going poorly. The big win here would be some alignment, or perhaps threat assessment, technique that is both scalable, works even for systems with far beyond human capabilities, and cheap, can be used by a given AI lab without having to pay a large alignment tax. This seems pretty unlikely to be imminent, but not impossible and it could lead to a world where aligned AIs heavily outnumber misaligned AIs, a key hope. Concerns and reservations. Quoting from a previous piece, three key reasons people give for expecting alignment to be very hard are. Here's a quote. Quote, here's a list of bullet points. AI systems could quickly become very powerful relative to their supervisors, which means we have to confront a harder version of the alignment problem without first having human-levelish aligned systems. There's an indented list here. First point. I think it's certainly plausible this could happen, but I haven't seen a reason to put it at greater than 50%. Next point. To be clear, I expect an explosive takeoff by historical standards. I want to give Tom Davidson's analysis more attention, but it implies that there could be mere months between human levelish AI and far more capable AI, but that could be enough for a lot of work by human levelish AI. Next point. One key question. To the extent that we can create a feedback loop with AI systems doing research to improve hardware and slash or software efficiency, which then increases the size and slash or capability of the automated workforce, enabling further research, will this mostly be via increasing the number of AIs or by increasing per AI capabilities? There could be a feedback loop with human levelish AI systems exploding in number, which seems to present fewer, though still significant alignment challenges than a feedback loop with AI systems exploding past human capability point 11. That's the end of the indented list. Next point. It's arguably very hard to get even human-levelish capabilities without ambitious misaligned aims. I discussed this topic at some length with Nate Soares, notes here. I disagree with this as a default, though, again, it's plausible, for reasons given at that link. Next point. Expecting offense-defense asymmetries, as in this post.
such that we'd get catastrophe even if aligned AIs greatly outnumber misaligned ones. Again, this seems plausible, but not the right default guess for how things will go, as discussed at the end of the previous section. That's the end of that list. That's the end of that quote. Heading. Standards and monitoring. How a small improvement from the status quo could non-trivially improve our odds. Imagine that. Here's a list of bullet points. Someone develops a very hacky and imperfect, and voluntary, dangerous capabilities standard, such as, to oversimplify if an AI seems capable of doing everything needed to autonomously replicate in the wild, then, to be standard compliant, it cannot be deployed, and no significant scale-up can be done at all, without strong assurances of security, assessed via penetration testing by reputable third parties, and alignment, assessed via, say, a public explanation of why the AI lab believes its system to be aligned including required engagement with key reasons this might be hard to assess and a public comment period, and perhaps including an external review. There was a footnote thereafter an AI seems, and it reads, in the judgment of an auditor, and slash or an internal evaluation that is stress-tested by an auditor, or simply an internal evaluation backed by the risk that inaccurate results will result in whistleblowing. That's the end of the footnote. There was a footnote thereafter in the wild, and it reads, I.E., given access to its own weights, it could plausibly create thousands of copies of itself with tens of millions of dollars at their disposal, and make itself robust to an attempt by a few private companies to shut it down. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. Next point. Several top AI labs declare that they intend to abide by the standard, perhaps out of genuine good intentions perhaps because they think regulation is inevitable and hope to legitimize approaches to it that they can gain experience with, perhaps due to internal and external pressure and a desire for good PR, perhaps for other reasons. Next point. Once several top AI labs have committed, it becomes somewhat odd-seeming for an AI lab not to commit. Some do hold out, but they tend to have worse reputations and more trouble attracting talent and customers, due partly to advocacy efforts. A cascade along the lines of what we've seen in farm animal welfare seems plausible. Next point. The standard is fairly squishy, there are various ways to weasel out by for example selecting an overly soft auditor or violating the spirit of the no deployments, no significant scale-up rules, etc. and there are no consequences if a lab abandons the standard beyond disclosure of that decision. That's the end of that list. I think this kind of situation would bring major benefits to the status quo, if only via incentives for top AI labs to move more carefully and invest more energy in alignment. Even a squishy, gameable standard, accompanied by mostly theoretical possibilities of future regulation and media attention, could add to the risks, bad PR, employee dissatisfaction, etc., and general pain of scaling up and releasing models that can't be shown to be safe. This could make it more attractive for companies to do their best with less capable models while making serious investments in alignment work, including putting more of the results-oriented leadership effort into safety, for example, we really need to make better alignment progress, where are we on that? As opposed to, we have a big safety team, what more do you want? And it could create a big financial prize for anyone, including outside of AI companies, who comes up with an attractive approach to alignment. How a big enough success at the intervention could put us in a very good position, even if the other three interventions are going poorly. A big potential win is something like. Here's a list of bullet points. Initially, a handful of companies self-regulate by complying with the standard. 
This situation creates an ecosystem for standard setters, evaluation designers, for example, designing evaluations of dangerous capabilities and alignment, auditors, etc. Next point. When the government decides to regulate AI, they default to poaching people from that ecosystem and copying over its frameworks. My impression is that governments generally prefer to poach slash copy what's already working when feasible. Now that regulation is official, standards are substantially less squishy, though not perfect, perhaps via government-authorized auditors being given a lot of discretion to declare AI systems unsafe. The US government, and slash or other governments, unilaterally enforces standards, and slash or just blocks development of AI, internationally with methods ranging from threats of sanctions to cyber warfare or even more drastic measures. Next point. It's not impossible to build a dangerous AI at this point, but it's quite difficult and risky, and this slows everyone down a lot and greatly increases investment in alignment. If the alignment investment still doesn't result in much, it might at least be the case that limited AI becomes competitive and appealing. This all could result in early deployed human-levelish AI systems being safe enough and used largely to develop better standards, better ways of monitoring and enforcing them, etc. That's the end of that list. Concerns and reservations. A common class of concerns is along the lines of any plausible standards would be squishy or gameable. I think this is significantly true, but squishy slash gameable regulations can still affect behavior a lot. There's a footnote here. A comment from Carl Schulman on this point that seems reasonable, a key difference here seems to be extremely rapid growth, where year-on-year effective compute grows for X or more. So a defector with 1 slash 16th the resources can produce the same amount of danger in 1 to 2 years, sooner if closer to advanced AGI and growth has accelerated. The anti-nuclear and anti-GMO movements cut adoption of those technologies by more than half, but you didn't see countries with GMO crops producing all the world's food after a few years or France making so much nuclear power that all electricity-intensive industries moved there. For regulatory purposes you want to know if the regulation can block an AI capabilities explosion. Otherwise you're buying time for a better solution like intent alignment of advanced AI, and not very much time. That time is worthwhile, because you can perhaps get alignment or AI mine-reading to work in an extra 3 or 6 or 12 months. But the difference with conventional regulation interfering with tech is that the regulation is offsetting exponential growth. Exponential regulatory decay only buys linear delay to find longer-term solutions. There is a good case that extra months matter, but it's a very different case from GMO or nuclear power. And it would be far more to the credit of our civilization if we could do anything sensible at scale before the last few months or years. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. Another concern, standards could end up with a dynamic like slowing down relatively cautious, high-integrity and slash or law-abiding players, allowing less cautious players to overtake them. I do think this is a serious risk, but I also think we could easily end up in a world where the less cautious players have trouble getting top talent and customers, which does some combination of slowing them down and getting them to adopt standards of their own, perhaps weaker ones, but which still affect their speed and incentives and I think the hope of affecting regulation is significant here. I think there's a pretty common misconception that standards are hopeless internationally because international cooperation, especially via treaty, is so hard. But there is precedent for the US enforcing various things on other countries via soft power, threats, cyber warfare, etc. without treaties or permission, and in a high-stakes scenario, it could do quite a lot of this. Heading. Successful, 
Careful AI Lab. Conflict of interest, disclosure, my wife is co-founder and president of Anthropic. Please don't assume things about my takes on specific AI labs due to this. There's a footnote here. We would still be married even if I disagreed sharply with Anthropic's strategy. In general, I rarely share my views on specific AI labs in public. That's the end of the footnote. Back to the main text. How a small improvement from the status quo could non-trivially improve our odds. If we just imagine an AI lab, that is even moderately competitive on capabilities while being substantially more concerned about alignment than its peers, such a lab could. Here's a list of bullet points. Make lots of money and thus support lots of work on alignment as well as other things, for example, standards and monitoring. Next point. Establish general best practices, around governance, security, and more, that other labs can learn from. It's dramatically easier and more likely for a company to copy something that's already working somewhere else, as opposed to experimenting with their own innovative ways of for example protecting AI model weights. Next point. Be a place for lots of alignment-concerned folks to gain credibility and experience with AI systems and companies, positioning them to be influential at other companies, in government, etc. in the future. Next point. Have a relatively small marginal impact on speeding up and slash or hyping AI, simply by not releasing anything that's more advanced than what other labs have released. I think it should still be possible to make big profits despite this practice. That's the end of that list. How a big enough success at the intervention could put us in a very good position, even if the other three interventions are going poorly. If an AI lab ends up with a several-month lead on everyone else, this could enable huge amounts of automated alignment research, threat assessment, which could create very strong demonstrations of risk in the event that automated alignment research isn't feasible, and other useful tasks with initial human-levelish systems. Concerns and reservations. This is a tough one. AI labs can do approximately unlimited amounts of harm, and it currently seems hard to get a reliable signal from a given lab's leadership that it won't. Up until AI systems are actually existentially dangerous, there's approximately always an argument along the lines of, we need to move as fast as possible and prioritize fundraising success today to stay relevant so we can do good later. If you're helping an AI lab stay in the race, you had better have done a good job deciding how much you trust leadership and I don't see any fail-safe way to do that. That said, it doesn't seem impossible to me to get this rightish, for example, I think today's conventional wisdom about which major AI labs are good actors on a relative basis is neither uninformative, in the sense of rating all labs about the same, nor wildly off, and if you can, it seems like there is a lot of good that can be done by an AI lab. I'm aware that many people think something like, working at an AI lab equals speeding up the development of transformative AI equals definitely bad regardless of potential benefits, but I've never seen this take spelled out in what seems like a convincing way, especially since it's pretty easy for a lab's marginal impact on speeding up timelines to be small, see above. I do recognize a sense in which helping an AI lab move forward with AI development amounts to being part of the problem, a world in which lots of people are taking this action seems worse than a world in which few to none are. But the latter seems off the table, not because of Malokian dynamics or other game-theoretic challenges but because most of the people working to push forward AI simply don't believe in and slash or care about existential risk, approximately, at all, and so their actions don't seem responsive in any sense, including a causally, to how X-risk-concerned folks weigh the trade-offs. 
As such, I think I can't slow down AI that much by staying out of this, and getting into it seems helpful on balance, is a prima facie plausible argument that has to be weighed on the merits of the case rather than dismissed with, that's being part of the problem. I think helping out AI labs is the trickiest and highest downside intervention on my list, but it seems quite plausibly quite good in many cases. Heading. Information security. How a small improvement from the status quo could non-trivially improve our odds. It seems to me that the status quo insecurity is rough, more, and I think a small handful of highly effective security people could have a very large marginal impact. In particular, it seems like it is likely feasible to make it at least difficult and unreliable for a state actor to steal a fully developed, powerful AI system. How a big enough success at the intervention could put us in a very good position, even if the other three interventions are going poorly. I think this doesn't apply so much here, except for a potential somewhat far-fetched case in which someone develops, perhaps with assistance from early powerful but not strongly superhuman AIs, a surprisingly secure environment that can contain even misaligned AIs significantly, though probably not unboundedly, more capable than humans. Concerns and reservations. My impression is that most people who aren't excited about security think one of these things. 1. The situation is utterly hopeless, there's no path to protecting an AI from being stolen. 2. Or. This isn't an area to focus on because major AI labs can simply hire non-X-risk-motivated security professionals, so why are we talking about this? That's the end of the numbered list. I disagree with number 2 for reasons given here, I may write more on this topic in the future. I disagree with number 1 as well. Here's a list of bullet points. I think imperfect measures can go a long way, and I think there are plenty of worlds where stealing dangerous AI systems is quite difficult to pull off, such that a given attempt at stealing takes months or more, which, as detailed above, could be enough to make a huge difference. Next point. Additionally, a standards and monitoring regime could include provisions for retaliating against theft attempts and stealing model weights without much risk of getting caught could be especially difficult thanks to serious, but not extreme or perfect, security measures. Next point. I also think it's pretty likely that stealing the weights of an AI system won't be enough to get the full benefit from it. It could also be necessary to replicate big parts of the scaffolding, usage procedures, dev environment, etc. which could be difficult. That's the end of that list. Heading. Notes. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for the Effective Altruism Forum. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.